Father, I thank you that you've given us your word. I thank you that you've given us a book that we can live by, that we can follow after, that can keep us in line, that can teach us much, give us much wisdom in this life, without having to experience it. Please speak to every single heart in your Father, truly. Please. I want you to be lifted up. I want you to be I want them to see you. I want to see you. So please give us ears to hear. Open our hearts. We want to know you. We need you. Speak to us tonight, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter one. Wow, all the way to the end. You know, this, this chapter is so intimidating, that's all I have to say. It's just like, I'm going to tell you the truth, you know, I studied it, i just trying to dive into things, trying to think about what to really look at, because what we're about to look at here, it's not a lot of instruction, it's just pretty much telling you what happened. It's not much like, you need to do this, you need to do that, or we can learn by example by the mistake God made or something, or... There's nothing. It's difficult, and so I I tried to lay a bunch of foundation and background, and uh, and I was going to bring it to you guys, and probably overflood your minds with too much info, and you guys walk away just like, okay, I didn't get anything. I don't even know what that is. Again, I don't know anything about Genesis chapter one now, and so. I believe it was the Lord because I was sitting there and my computer froze like 50 times a day and I couldn't get on Microsoft Word, so I couldn't write anything down. So there you go. You know, it's just like everything that's going to come out is going to be straight from the King. So praise the Lord for that. But um, Genesis, the book of Genesis, I'm going to take it one chapter at a time. That's all. Actually, I'm not sure. At least a chapter. That's what I like to do. At least a chapter per week. And um, sometimes less, sometimes more. And sometimes we'll be off the charts doing something else because... The Lord's put something on my heart, uh, maybe to share with you guys just for that week. And so, you guys will be able to read ahead with a chapter and read ahead and look ahead and see what's going on next week so that you'll know exactly where we're at. And so, Genesis, the book of Genesis. Genesis means beginning. Genesis means beginning. In the beginning, Genesis, beginning. It's a Greek word. It's actually, uh, it's a, it says Latin or slash Greek. Um, Genesis, it just means the beginning. It means, it, there's a couple different... Um, interpretations, but the basis of it all is, comes back to the beginning, and it suits it best for the beginning of this book. The Bible, the word Bible, is also a Greek term. It means the books. That's what it means, the books. Bible means the books. It's just compiled books. The Bible, this Bible right here, is made up of 66 different books, 40 different authors over a 1,600-year period of time, written in three different languages. You have Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew in this book. And the amazing thing about this book, there's no contradictions in it. Zero contradictions in it. Think about it. If me and you wrote a book and put it together, how many contradictions do you have? Uh, Sheaves. Who knows? Even if we were on the same topic, same subject, we'd be just way off the charts. On top of that, let's add, um, you know, let's add, uh, let's, let's write 66 different books and throw all those together. Now let's add how about uh, 38 other people, and let them start writing too. Then let's uh, put a 1,600-year period of when they were living, their culture changed, all these kind of things. This is nuts. Three different languages? Impossible. 
How does it come together so perfect? It's unbelievable. Remember when we looked at the uh, Daniel prophecy? To the exact day Jesus rode in on a donkey, it was prophesied 483 years before. Exact day. It's like, okay, 483 years from now, Jesus, actually 173,880 days to the exact, Jesus is going to ride in on a donkey. The exact day, April 6, 32 AD. The king rides in on a donkey, hits it exact, right on the nail. How was that happen? How did that happen? This thing is divine. It's unbelievable. This Bible, they say there's uh, over 1,800 predictions within this word, telling the future or claiming to tell the future, and that 1,500 of them have already been fulfilled. And a lot of them have to do with who? The king, of course, Jesus, our Messiah, him fulfilling every single one of those prophecies. The Bible is two-thirds prophecy. The rest is to be fulfilled, obviously, in the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel chapter 9, what we see, all the end times, Matthew 24, we see the end times coming. This book is unbelievable. It's amazing how it comes together so perfect. Moses wrote it. Moses wrote it. He actually wrote it 600 years after... I'm sorry, how do I say that? 600 years after... uh, Yes, I guess the first, when all this happened, it was like 600 years after when Moses was born, all the way back to the beginning of Genesis there. And so you have 600 years, and somehow he's, he's penning all this stuff and writing this stuff down. It was either through, they say, hymns, songs that he knew, or it was passed down through generation to generation, the stories, or, on top of that, he was, uh, it says the Lord just straight up gave it to him, just boom, right there, just gave it to him, and it was divine, and he wrote it down. It's amazing. I know a lot of facts. I know it's a lot of this kind of information, which eh, it can get boring, but stay tuned. See what happens. So why don't we just dive into this. Enough facts, enough things about the book. How about what's in this book? Let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Let's read it together. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. First thing to note here is the word God. The word God here is not the usual word God, which is El. It is not the word God singular. El is how you say God in Hebrew. The word here is Elohim. It's plural. Many of you know this. Many of you understand this. But it's interesting that the first mention of his own name or the own God is Elohim. Why does he bring it plural? I believe he's trying to prove something, trying to show something. Obviously, the Trinity, triune being. The Trinity is not the Father plus Jesus plus the Holy Spirit equals God. No. One plus one plus one equals what? Three. That does not work. That's what a lot of people in the world think. That's impossible. It doesn't make any sense. It's one times one times one equals one. A times B times C equals D. It's not... It's three persons coming forth from one God, if I could say that. God manifesting himself in three persons, or three beings. That's what he decides to do. It's, it's three personalities, three... Uh, how did the world come into existence? Do we know that? Do we understand that? It's hard to understand these things thoroughly. Like right now, like if I was to say, okay, I'm going to bring the world into existence. <sighs> it's not going to happen because I don't... It doesn't work. There's no way to understand. How can I even start to do something like that? The same way understanding God and who He is. He created the greatest mind to ever walk the face of the earth. That's just Solomon. 
when Solomon didn't even know. In the beginning, God created the word bara here, B-A-R-A. It means to create out of nothing, zero, zip, nada. Right, right here, I have nothing. Right, do you see? Do you see anything here? Anything? Any? There it is. It just comes into this. There it is. Impossible. And this is how the king did it. The heaven and the earth. Verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, there's a couple theories right here between verse 1 and 2, which we could dive into and talk about for hours. And I don't even... uh, I'm not sure what I want to bring to you guys, because I don't know how deep I want to bring it. Let's just see. Lord, what would you have? There's two different theories here. The big, what they call it is the gap theory, is, is where in between verse 1 and 2, some scholars say that Lucifer was cast down from hell right here, between verse 1 and 2. Others say, no, that's not what it's saying here. What it's saying here is that God is saying, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and then he's going to describe how he created the heavens and the earth. And there's all kinds of arguments back and forth between these two things. Look it up for yourself. Good thing to study. Good thing to look into. But verse 2, And the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Looks like there was already waters here, and already some kind of earth when God created this. He created it without form and void, but there was darkness upon it, but... There was, it was upon the face of the deep, this darkness here, but also, like I said, there was water here. And the, and the Spirit of God moved upon the waters. But, and so, uh, that's too much theory, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, just, I'm losing my mind here. And this is what I was going to start to bring to you, and I'm kind of jumping back and forth. But, we'll just move on. Verse 3, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be light, and there was light. The absence of light is darkness. The absence of light is no light, darkness. There's no such thing as true darkness, I would say, now in this time, because God has created light. God creating light out of nothing, just bring it into being. Let there be light, and there was light. In the same way, who is, who is the light of this world? Is Jesus our King, of course. Let there be light, and there was light. There was one who came to this earth who was light, who stood out was a candle set upon a hill that everyone could see. Jesus, our King, the light of the world, found in John 8. And God saw that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Look at verse 5. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Something cool to note here. It's the story of our lives right here, verse 2 through 4, if you see it. And the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, who's that? The earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. That was our lives once. We were void without form. We were in darkness was upon us. And what happened? The Spirit of God moved upon us. And what happened? Let there be light. Jesus, our King, entered into our lives. Light became. 
we are the light of this world. And we're going to make a stance to that. Maybe we can, let's talk about that real quick, just real quick. Just being a light in this dying world, I'm telling you, friend, the difference between us and the rest of the world is what? We have Jesus Christ in our life, who is what? The light of the world. Now, if we have the light in us, then what? People are going to see this light, correct? And they'll be changed by this light. They'll be transformed by it. They'll be able to see it clearly within our lives. It's not hard to see. It's not hard to find. But, and so how do we express this light? How do we stand strong in this light? How do we expose this light to the world? Well, let's look at hard times. What's the difference between the Christian and the worldly man? The one who is in darkness and the one who has light. Well, the Christian, the one who has Jesus, who has light, when a hard time comes, guess what? Things are going to be okay. We are able to make a stand and say that our king is going to take care. We are not shaken. We do not worry. We don't get bummed out or down. This is what separates us from the world. If we make a stand for these kind of things, when someone sees you going through something, when the Red Sea is not being parted and the Egyptians are coming, we get to not worry. We get to be at rest in our situation, trial or tribulation. We get to sit back and be okay. And people look at us and say, what? Why are you at rest? What's going on? Why aren't you bummed out? Why aren't you down? And you say, well, of course, because I have Jesus in my life. But I'm telling you, is it not true that the world eats at us? That depression tries to snag us by the tail? It sneaks up on us? We have great opportunity to let the light be exposed. I, have to, I self-talk to myself all the time, just as David our king did. David our king. David the king of Israel. He looked to Jesus our king. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Josh, didn't the Lord tell you He's going to pull through? Hasn't He always pulled through? Has He never pulled through? Yes, He's always pulled through. Then why are you dead? You don't have to be bummed out. That's right. You get to be an encouragement to the rest of the people around you in your workplace, in your family. You are light. Turn that light on. Light it up. I'm so bummed at the fact that Christianity a lot of times is like it's like the dim wannabe light or something like that. You know, it's like the it's not the Energizer Bunny battery, it's the I don't know, Costco Kirkland or something, you know. It's a Panasonic that won't recharge anymore or something. And you know, we have a sincere, true joy. We have great opportunity to be able to exercise that to our friends and family. When I was in the desert with John, I'm telling you, there was a glow that came from his face constantly. It's like, dude, stop being happy. Okay, you've got to be down sometime. I'm serious. You gotta, you, I used to think he was fake. I thought he was surreal. Until I got to know him, and it's like genuine, real, sincere joy, happiness non-stop peace and satisfaction in his life. And I couldn't figure out why he was so lit up inside. Until he told us a secret. It's just spending time with the King daily. It's that simple. Yeah, but Joshua, do that. Do you really? Spending time with the Lord is not reading your Bible. 
Spending time with the Lord is not doing work at the church. Spending time with the Lord is not fellowshipping with one of your friends. Spending time with the Lord is just talking to the king. Did Moses have his Bible up there on Mount Sinai? I'm not downing the Bible by any means. This is the word of God that he's given to us. I'm so blessed he has. But what if you, if you were married and you just read a book about your wife all the time but never talked to her or your husband? You'd be divorced in less than a week. You don't listen to me. You don't talk to me. But our king wants to spend time with us. Do you want to be the light of this world? You must <laughs> plug in. You must get charged up. Mark one thirty-five. What does it say? Jesus went away before the sun came up to spend time with his father. I love it. I'm telling you, friends, there's no greater joy than when I go two streets over, walk down my little hill, over my little river, there's like a little stream about this big, a little board laid down for me to walk across. I walk through little willy bushes and back to my little flat rock. I open my mouth and communicate to the Father. I talk to Him. I say, Lord, this is, this is, I don't know what's, I can't know how to do this. And when I look up to the sky and I feel like I can just sense the Lord and I can see Him, there He is. Everything in life changes instantly. And that light beams brighter than ever. We were once formless. We once had void, didn't we? And now... Our king has said, let there be light, and there has been great light. And I say to you today, hey, listen up. Let there be light, my friend. Let there be light. Vincent, please, let there be light in your life. Don't let the enemy rip you off. I'm sick of seeing my friends get ripped off. Let there be light in your life. Look at verse 6 here. The first day is over. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. What is a firmament? Well, it's space or an atmosphere. It's the sky. There was a canopy all the way around the earth, like a green room, okay? Like, say if I had a ball, there's some kind of water layer all the way around the earth. It was like a green room. It kept the thing in beautiful, just perfect, you know, it's like a green room. Everything grows perfectly. The, the, you wouldn't get burnt by the sun. You, in those days, you would walk around, you wouldn't have to use suntan lotion. You would just get a perfect tan. Everything would just be, the weather and the climate, everything is just controlled and just a perfect atmosphere. That's why men were able, the ground brought forth such amazing fruit and such amazing things in those times. And you have... Uh, I mean, no wonder you have men living, you know, 900 years or whatever, because the ground at that time, you know, right after, not too long after Adam falls, the ground is still giving forth great food. Our soil, my grandma used to tell me all the time, she says the, the ground is losing its nutrients as time goes by. You have to, in these days, because nobody rototills the ground anymore, you have to take, you know, minerals and all kinds of vitamins and try to make this thing become rich again, because it's, 
it's just dying, it's just decaying. And, and, and we know that, the second law of thermodynamics, everything's slowing down, everything is decaying, everything's getting worse. The world is not going to get better. You're not going to stick a car out in the desert, right, and, and a brand new car, and it's not going to get all of a sudden 22-inch rims when you come back. No, it's going to start rusting, it's going to get worse, right? Everything is going down. Nothing is getting better. We know that, we understand that. And the same way with the earth at that time, it was very amazing, and the ground was sweet. But there's this firmament, or this space put between the waters, right? He divided the waters, the water from the sky and the waters to the ground. And it says here what he called them in the next couple verses here. But it says in verse 7, And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. You see that? It's probably greater transla- a better translation for you guys here. It's kind of King James a little difficult. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, or the sky. And the evening, and the second morning, I mean, and the morning were the second day. I like how it says that. And the evening and the morning. Like one day was an evening and a morning. Or it's measured from evening, just like the Jews do, you know, their day starts and ends at sundown, I believe, and it goes to the next day. Not us. <laughs> Verse 9, And God said, let, there, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together under one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. Interesting. Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place. All the waters under the heaven or under the sky be gathered together. Okay, here's the earth, water all over it. Okay, into one place. And then what does it say? And let the dry land appear, and it was so. It almost seems like the earth was, I don't know, one piece or something. Like the, 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 the land was one, it said the, the earth appeared. All the water was sucked to one place. So if all the water was sucked to one place, the only thing that would be left is what? Land. The land that was, if all water was touching, if it was all sucked to one place, it seems like all the land would be together. I don't know, it's Josh Thompson theory. Kick it out if you don't want it. And God called the dry land earth, and gathered together the waters, called the seas. And God saw that it was good. It was good. In verse 11, And God said, Let there bring forth grass. The word there, Hebrew, tender grass. I like that. It's like that perfect, you know the, the grass that's like first grown, the, little, the green grass that you see on people's lawns that you just like hate on because it's so beautiful and yours isn't it? You know what I'm talking about? The herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself. I love that. Upon the earth and it was so. Whose seed is in itself. Everything has a seed within itself. Amazing. Every living thing has a seed within itself able to reproduce. Or able to bring forth something new. It's just it's so intricate. It's so unbelievable. I was looking at the oranges today as I was sitting in the backyard and I was like, man... That one orange has the ability to make like five or six more trees. Unbelievable. How does that work? It doesn't make any sense. It's just, it's a God thing. And verse 12, we're going to keep on through this. And the earth brought, for, brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind. And the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. I love that. You hear that? You hear that? whose seed was in itself after its kind. Everything is after its kind, after its kind, after its kind. That's like a slap to the evolutionist, you know, 
They get mad at that kind of stuff because it can't reproduce outside of its kind. It's like the cat family. You know, those are all the same kind. A lion and a, you know, a cat. You know, you're never, you're never going to see a, a cat become a banana. It's not going to happen, okay? Because those are two different kinds. You completely. Or you, you think a cat's going to become an elephant? No. No, no, that's not the same kind. Within its own species, it works. And God saw that it was good. Verse 13, And the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament or in the sky of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Here it is. You're looking at it. Your seasons, your days, your years. Hmm. And let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. In verse 16, And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. That rhymes. And He made the stars also. The sun. He made the sun, He made the moon, and He made the stars. Oh, man! Robert, could you go grab my Haley's Bible in the back? It's in there. But his, i got to read something sick to you guys. Unbelievable. You'll see it when we get to that. But something real quick to note. I was asking the Lord, okay, notice. When the sun hits you, what happens? There's a shadow, right? There's a shadow there. And I was walking when I was in Mexico and thinking to myself, what is this shadow doing here? Why is this here and what is it doing? You know, What's the deal with the shadow? And so... I asked the Lord, why not? Lord, why do we have shadows? What's the whole deal with this? Communicate to me. I want to know. You know, you can say that wasn't the Lord. You can say it was. I don't know. I'm not sure to be exact, but I feel like it was. Is All of a sudden, these thoughts just started just coming to me in my head, and I started thinking, like, okay, well, shadow shows me that I have a dark side. That I have a dark side, you know, that I still have a sinful nature, per se. And when the sun hits me, I can see my dark side. I know that I have a sinful nature still within me. But when the sun hits me, it also reminds me that my sinful nature has been what? Nailed to the cross. And who was nailed to the cross? The sun. It was the sun who was nailed to the cross. And when I look at this figure, when I look at my shadow, when I see my dark side, when I see my sinful nature, it reminds me that it's forgiven, that it's paid for. That's the reason why I get to go to heaven. And I was wondering this. And you can say, well, it sounds bizarre. Okay, praise the Lord. But it spoke to me clearly. I said, Lord, I believe that is why you created the sun for me. I believe that is why you created and gave me a shadow so that I could know that. So that now every single time when I'm walking and the sun hits me, I look at my shadow and remember what? I remember the sun. I remember what Jesus did for me. I remember the sun. And it's a great thing. Isn't that crazy? God controls the languages. God controls everything. That the thing that gives light to everything. The thing that gives life to everything. The thing that grows anything. It just happens to have the same name as sun, sun, you know, it's his hat. Did you do that, Lord? Did you do that? I wouldn't be surprised. He's awesome. Because those kind of things in a human mind stick with us. You don't forget that stuff. So all kinds of facts and crazy, brilliant things we could list off in equations we forget all the time. But these kind of pictures and things that play with our minds, we never forget. And I guarantee you, next time you look at the sun, you'll be thinking, Sha- Shadow? 
I remember this sign. I think of Jesus, my King, and what He's done for me. It's amazing. Check this out. Let me read it to you real quick. God created the universe. He created the stars, the sun, the moon, everything. Astronomers estimate that the Milky Way, the galaxy that which our Earth and our solar system belong to, contains over 30 billion suns. 30 billion! Many of these suns are immensely larger than our sun, which is a million and a half times larger than the Earth. The Milky Way is shaped like a thin watch. Its diameter from rim to rim is 200,000 light years. A light year is the distance that light travels at the rate of 160... I'm sorry. The distance that light travels in a year, and the rate is 186,000 miles per second. Okay. <laughs> Okay, let's say this is 200,000 light years, okay? That's, that's the distance, 200,000 light years. A light year is the distance... Okay, look at how fast light moves. Like, you could hit a switch real quick. Jake, could you hit one for me? Okay, wh which one's coming up? Oh, oh. Okay, okay, okay. What's the be light? Okay, now watch this. The distance... The, the, the speed that the light travels from here to this wall, the distance that, uh, how do I even say this? Okay, uh, how do I describe this? Jay, uh, it's the distance that, no, it's the speed that this light travels to hit the wall. Okay, however fast that is, and Jake, do you know? Uh, 200,000 light years. Oh, 200,000. I don't know the exact speed of the speed of light, but anyways, who cares? 186,000 miles per second. Is that, is that what it says in there? Okay, well, there you go. 186,000 miles per second. That's how fast that is. Think. Okay, now, if light travels for 200, what does that say? 200,000 light years. Oh my gosh, okay. So, however long it takes, or how long, yeah, however long it takes for light to travel for a year, whatever the distance is that it could get, like that, moving at 186,000 miles per second, not per hour, per second. Okay, it's traveling, you know, and that's one light year. Okay, one. 200,000 light years is the size of our galaxy. 30 billion suns, which is a million and a half times larger than our Earth, our sun. There are at least 100,000 galaxies like the Milky Way, some of them millions of light years apart. Did you hear that? Remember, 200,000 light years. Remember, light, eh, all stuff. 200,000 light years, and there's over 100,000 of these. Okay, that's a little big, King, a little big. And this may be only a tiny speck in what beyond it is seeming infinite. Endless, endless reaches of space. And our King, guess what, sits and says this. I got it on my hands. I got the whole universe in my hands. I got you see, he's got it all. He's got it all taken care of. He's got it all locked in. Amazing! And guess who he decides to talk to? You and me. He wants to come down to this earth and he had like 30 billion suns to take care of up there, you know, or, you know, 100,000 galaxies. And Praise the Lord, we have such a gracious king, huh? That's why David says, why do you consider me? Do you know who I am? 
the one who gives you the birdie, the one who runs away from you, doesn't want to spend time with you, and then you still wait for me? Why are you so good? Look at the heathen mocking you. Look at the atheist who laughs in your face for 80 years of their life and, and turns many away from you. And then you even say if they repent at that moment, you'll give them salvation. Why are you so good? Our Lord loves us. He's a great king. There's no one like him as we sing today. There's none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. Let's continue on and finish this up. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. What's that? The stars. And to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. I love that. Saw that it was good. He made the world and saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and the fowl or the bird that may fly above the earth and the open firmament of heaven or in the sky. And verse 21, And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Notice, God brings forth the creatures of the sea and the things of the air before he brings the things on the ground. Why? I don't know. I don't have the answer. I really don't. I was thinking about that, though, and I wrote a question mark next to it. If you have the answer, say something to me. Does that seem awkward, though? And secondly, it says that what? In verse 22, do you see this? And God blessed them. God blessed the birds in the air, and he blessed the things of the sea. Saying, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the sea, and let the fowl multiply in the earth. There you go. Can we bless them? God bless them. When I was in Mexico, call me crazy, I don't care. I used to walk up to the horses and say, let's praise the Lord together. He's your creator too, you know. <laughs> Get on your knees. Let's go. Come on. No, we're going to praise the Lord together. Because they know Jesus. I wonder how many times Jesus walks by there. When nobody's looking, the horse gets on his knees real quick, you know, and says, there's a king. He does. The Lord loves us a hundred times more than He loves the animal. It's amazing. Isn't that crazy, man? I watched Robert's cat Gidget. Man, she's just like, she won't leave me alone, man. She's just like, ah, just like, I just, it's amazing the way God has designed animals to just love us and we are the master over them, you know? Look at how a dog, how much of a servant he is to his master. Like, you could leave him outside all stinking day for a week and you go outside, he's stoked to see you. What if your husband or wife left you outside for a week? Would you be stoked? <laughs> what about our king? Gosh, you know, I wish we could be as faithful as dogs to our master, huh? I wish when he came to us that we'd be so excited and so, Papa, we're ready to hang out. Only if we were as faithful as dogs, you know? I believe the Lord has created every single living creature and every single tree and every single organism on this earth that we can learn from it. It's my own theory once again, but Solomon does some things. You know, he looks at the ants, how they work hard, and 
they take certain animals in the Bible all over the place and use them as an example of how we should long after them or run after what they do. I was looking at the worker bee today, the honey bee. How they seek after honey all their days. And Psalm 19 tells us so what? That this word is sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. It's sweeter than honey. That we would seek after it more than the bee chases after honey. That we seek after this word in the heart of God. We can look from every creature. It's awesome. Let's move on. Almost done? Actually, yeah, we got about ten verses here. Verse 24, And God said, Let the earth bring forth a living creature after his kind, cattle and, cre- and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth and after his kind, and cattle and of their kind, and everything that creepeth on the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Notice, Notice that God doesn't bless He doesn't bless these guys. He doesn't bless every living creature on the earth for some reason. I wonder why. He blessed the the things of the sea and he blessed the things of the air, but he didn't bless the things of the earth. I don't know why. Good question. Something to look into, something to study. Hopefully it jogs your mind. Verse twenty six, and God said let us make man in our image. Oh, I love it. Oh, snap. I love it. After our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over the earth, and over the creeping thing that creepeth <coughs> upon the earth. So what does that say? Verse 26. God said, let us make man in our... Who's us? God's saying, let us make man... Who's us? Do you remember back to verse 1 of chapter 1, Genesis 1, where does it say, God, Elohim, plural, let us? Who's he speaking of? It's the Trinity. Let us, let us make man in our, who's our image? Who are we created in the image of? God. Why is he referring to himself as us in our? Many people try to push it off the angels. We're not made in the image of the angels. We're made in the image of God. It's the Trinity once again great scripture. Verse 27, so God created in his image, in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female created them. And God blessed them. And God said in them, be fruitful. God blessed them. Notice that. And said in them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Subdue it. Have dominion over the fish and over the sea and over the, the bird of the air and over everything that moveth upon the earth. See what God just gave us? Authority over the entire earth. You know what this place was built for? This earth was built for... It's a playground, man. Just have a blast. Adam, here you go. Go rule over everything. Go have a blast. Eden is the word I'm going to put you. Well, guess what it's called? Pleasure. Go pleasure. Go have fun. Go have a blast. We are made in God's image. Who? Me and you. In what way? He formed Adam. Half of Adam was taken and a woman was made. So guess what? The reason why man and woman don't get along or it's hard for them to and they have to work hard at it is because we are together the image of God. But guess what? We've been separated. The man is the wild side of God. The woman is the emotional side of God. You put them together, you get the perfect being. If we were perfect. But we're not. 
Male and female, he made them. We are made in the image of God. And that is why we have authority. That is why not only... That is why we are over the animals, because we are made in the image of God. Guess what? We have, there's three parts to us, a trinity if you want to call that. We have soul, spirit, and body. Three to parts to us. Soul, the mind. The personality, who I am. The spirit, my connection with God. <coughs> it's my being that connects with God. My body, you're looking at it. It's as good as it gets. I'm going bald. Right, leave me alone. But, we all have it. The animal just has what? Soul and body. No spirit. No connection with the king. No correction with God. So maybe I'm, I'm, I'm incorrect. We can't battle the king together. Sorry, buddy. thought we could worship together, cow, but we're not going to anymore. So, but we see here that we are made in the image of God, obviously. We've said that many times. Verse 29, And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb on the face of the earth, not weed, every herb, and every tree in which it is the fruit of the tree yielding seed, to you it shall be from meat. A lot of people try to take this verse and use it. I used to try to too. Oh, God's given us every green herb, every green seed. It goes on to say that. That's why you can smoke weed. You know, it's okay. Well, um, you can go eat mushrooms too and die if you want. Okay, but uh, God created that too, right? It's okay. Go and take dirt and shove it in your mouth and see what happens, okay? It's not going to be good for you. Thank you very much. But, amen. God has given us everything. He's given us... Notice how a banana fits perfectly in your hand. It's like... It's shaped to almost fit. Look, look, look at the rings of your hand and how banana. It's perfectly packaged. That's right. You break it open, you peel it back, and it's ready for you to eat. That's like the ultimate snack. Look at an orange. Look at how these things are just perfectly put together. It's amazing, isn't it? It's our king. It's Jesus. He did it for you and for me. Individual. And verse 30 and 31 to finish this up. I'm sorry. Yes, actually. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that were creepeth on the earth wherein there is life, I have given every green herb from meat. And it was so. And God saw everything and he, that he had made. And behold, it was what? Very good. I don't know if you noticed that. It says very good. Not just good, like you said. It says very good. Extra good. How do you say very good in Spanish? Muy bueno. Muy bueno. Mm. Very good. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the sixth morning were the sixth day. I'm going to read the seventh day just real quick. It's just three more verses. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. I like that. And all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. He rested on the seventh. And we're about to rest this study. Rest. Cast your burden upon me and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. This Christianity thing, guess what? It's easy and it's light, Jesus says. Not heavy and hard. Not tough and brutal. Not difficult. It's easy and it's light. Jesus, the man who was anointed with gladness above all men. Why was he glad? Why was he so happy? Why was he so stoked? 
Was he down in life? Yes. But when was he down? The only time he was sad, it said he was the man of sorrows. Why was he the man of sorrows? Because he mourned for others. That's when he was bummed out. That's when he was down like Jeremiah. But he was not bummed out any other time. Do you know why? Because he had the Father. And just as Adam, as we're about to see in this next chapter, we see what? Adam, who had the Father, who communicated with him. Best friends, guess what? Say, this is my garden. And say God was here with me all the time, which He is. Let's just say if somehow my mind was communicating that to my, the rest of my body all the time. And God was right there, and, and I said, Lord, I'm hungry. He'd say, well, there's food right over there, you know? There's an orange. Um, Lord, I'm bummed out about this. Okay, well, here, everything's okay. Let me take care of this for you. If God was walking with you in the garden, wouldn't everything be okay? Wouldn't you be at rest? Jesus, walking on this garden, on this earth, was happy. He was the light of the world. You can be the light of the world in the same way. Go hang out with the king in the garden. He's created it for you and for me. You can be at rest every single day of your life. I promise you that. Are there going to be hard times? Yeah, but you want to know? You can be at rest. You will mourn for the lost. You will mourn when you, when someone is lost. When maybe someone passes away or you go through hard times. But, I'm telling you, there is no reason for us as a Christian to be down. I'm sick and tired of seeing the church of today being a bunch of just lame bummed out, depressed, down, like they don't have Jesus in their life, like we don't have life in that abundantly. And you know what? The reason I was like that, I felt like I was like that, and I'm not saying like I've accomplished everything, and all of a sudden I'm, you know, Mr. Light or whatever, you know, but I did not experience real joy for like the six or seven, six years of my just hardcore serve, 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 I'm a leader in the church, this and that. There was a true sincere joy. I, I would go home and be down all the time. I'd be down in each day at certain times. And it was because my relationship with God was how much I do. How much I serve at the church. How much I do this or that, do this or that. Oh, I didn't read. Oh, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And so now I'm down and bummed. But now I found out that my ministry and my service to God is just like Adam. Hanging out with him in the garden. Spending time with him alone individually. It's simple, it's easy. I know to do that. That is easy. How hard is it to pray? Oh, King, here I am. That was the most simple. That's easier than making a million bucks. That's easier than getting a car. That's easier than getting a job. That's easier than having a relationship. That's easier than anything on this earth. Prayer is easy. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Cast your burden upon me and I will give you rest. God wants to do that for each one of you today and this night. You can have rest all day tomorrow. When a problem comes, you just talk it over with the king right there and he will give you rest. Do you see? Just like Adam. Just like Jesus. Constant fellowship with the Father. And so, let there be light. Please. I beg and plead with you. Let this group right here let us be different from the rest of the world. Let us make a difference in such a new and fresh way. I'm over. I wanted to pray with you guys and take communion, but what I'm going to do is, um, if you feel led to take communion, you want to, to remember what Jesus has done for you. Remember, I always, we always offer communion here every single night so that we can remember what Jesus has done for us. 
It's not a ritual. It's not a routine. Don't let it become vague and lame. But go and remember that Jesus has given you. Remember your first love. It's very important. And so, um, if you want to go and you know take communion, if you need to leave, it's cool. Um, yeah, I think we'll give that opportunity. Yeah, I think I'm just going to strum the guitar and just for about five minutes or so, okay? And just you can just go and uh, take communion if you like, and uh, remember what, just go off by yourself again, like we did last week, and you can go down the hall if you want to step outside. Um, whatever you want to do, but just open your mouth and talk to the King. Tell Him how grateful you are that He's given you heaven for free. I'd love to pray with you guys. I really would. Man. I'm, I'm kind of bummed on myself that we didn't get to pray together. But um, Let me just lift up. Would you, right now as I pray, um, just bring the need to your forefront of your mind or whatever that is, and I'm just going to pray for that, okay? Whatever that is that's going on in your life that we need. We just need to pray. We need to lift these things up to the Lord, okay? Just let me pray real quick. Lord, all my brothers and sisters here, God, as we come together, I'm so sorry, Lord, that we've... I've done all the talking, Lord, and haven't let you do much, Lord, with us offering up to you and communicating with you, Lord. We've talked a lot about the book. And, but thank you, Lord, that that you hear us, that you hear me right now. Thank you that you're here in this room. And thank you that you want to take care of us and make things right in life. And so, I just pray for every single one of my brothers and sisters as they are focusing on whatever that is in their life that they need taken care of. Please be their rest, be their life. Let them walk away free tonight. Knowing that you're going to take care of this and free them of it, Lord, and be able to lift our hands in the air and celebrate in victory that you pulled through for us once again, Lord. You always pull through. I've never seen you fail. The rainbow comes out every single time just as you promised. And Lord, you promised to pull through in every problem and tribulation, trial and situation. And so, we lift our lives up to you, Lord. Use us. Make us who you want us to be. We lift our lives into your hands. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.